was born while Adam was alive. Methuselah lived longer than anybody else. Methuselah was alive when Noah's son Shem was born. Noah's son was only one generation away from Adam, one elder. So Noah's son was alive when Abraham had Isaac. When Isaac died, Levi had, was already alive. Then Amram, his life overlaps Levi's. Amram was alive when Moses was born. You only have to go back one, two, three, four, five. That's it. And people say, how did Moses write the world's history? Not very difficult. They were all living like 800 years. Shem was still alive when Isaac was born. When Abraham had Isaac, there's this guy Shem, oh, okay. who's only two generations off Adam, two elders. And that's why the book is reliable. Moses wrote Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Call it the Pentateuch, Penta 5. Moses wrote that, and he's got it on good information, oral tradition. And what's interesting is that it really lines up uh, closely with the Syrian tradition, too. Other ancient histories point to different people, and a lot of these same people show up in Assyrian history and, and other histories. It's accurate. Let's talk a little bit about living fossils. So what we're going to talk about today a little bit is this guy, Moses. Moses is a type of Christ. Turn with me to Numbers chapter 20. As you're turning there, I'm going to read our main text, Joshua 21, 45. Not a word failed of any good thing which the Lord had spoken to the house of Israel. All came to pass. Amen. And that's really the, the, the story behind Old Testament survey. It's just uh, the incredible faithfulness of God. And if he was faithful to all those guys, did he change? Nope. He doesn't change. I am the Lord. I changeth not. Changeth not. He's not going to changeth on you. You can remind him of that. Don't changeth on me. Yeah. So you're there in Numbers chapter 20. Let's start in verse 7. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, Take the rod, you and your brother Aaron, gather the congregation together. Speak to the rock before their eyes, and it will yield its water. Thus you shall bring water for them out of the rock and give drink to the congregation and their animals. Now, what had happened before this? Moses had already struck a rock one time before. Water had come out. This time, God had said what? Speak to the rock. First, God said, strike the rock. Secondly, God said, speak to the rock. Interesting here is that the New Testament tells us what the rock symbolized. What did the rock symbolize? The rock was Christ. The rock was Christ. Now, Jesus was slain, is the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. How many times was he slain? Once. Hebrews, over and over again, Jesus once offered his sacrifice for one time. One sacrifice for sin. Once. One sacrifice, there's not going to be another, they don't need another. He is the perfect sacrifice once. So here we are setting the whole stage for everything. And God says, strike the rock once. Moses struck the rock once. The rock was Christ. Water came out. Living water came out. Type of Christ. Awesome story. Awesome symbols. Uh, awesome symbols here. Now, one more time, they need water. 
God says to Moses, now speak to the rock. What are we doing here? First, Jesus was the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. One time. Now, because the rock represents Christ, it was smitten once. And that was all it took for our salvation. From thence on, all those after Christ have only to call on his name, have only to speak his name have only to speak to the situation from now on. The rock has already been struck. Now it's to be spoken to. Moses is messing up world history and prophetic events. Moses is playing with the plan here. God is setting the whole thing up. God's writing the Bible and says, now speak to the rock. And Moses gets all frustrated with these people. He goes, whack, whack, and hits the rock twice. You're messing my book up. Speak to the rock before their eyes, and it will yield its water. Thus you shall bring water for them out of the rock and give drink to the congregation and their animals. Verse 9, so Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock, and he said to them, here now, you rebels. Moses, is, his blood pressure's up. Must we bring water for you out of this rock? Then Moses lifted his hand and struck the rock twice with his rod, and water came out abundantly, and the congregation and their animals drank. When I, so about 15 years ago, my parents took us on a raft trip through the Grand Canyon. <laughs> At one stop on that trip, we got to make a, a day hike up this uh, ravine, and it was incredible. It, there were places where the, the rocks were only about as wide as from here to that wall, went up another 50 feet and down 100 feet. And we're walking on a ledge, and you're just going along like this. And when I think about it, I'm thinking, that was absolutely nuts. What were they doing taking us up there? And I mean, that was just, what are you thinking? And when we got on this trip, you know, they had to sign this thing, you may die, you know, sign here, and you're not going to sue us, and stuff like that. And, you know, it might cause death, might cause death, cause death, cause death. <laughs> This is nuts. <laughs> I, it's dirt. It's a dirt ledge this wide. And, and you know, up and down. And it's, I mean, there's no way to catch yourself on this. It's 100 feet down to rocks. Anyways, but at the far end of this, we get to the top of this stream. And there is this rock wall with a fire hydrant coming out of it. It's just a rock wall. There's nothing else there. There isn't any sort of a trace of a stream or anything. You can't see a stream behind it or up above it. There isn't a lake near it. There's just this wall with a fire hydrant pouring out of it. And that's where the stream all comes down and comes into the Grand Canyon. It's awesome. It is a perfect picture of strike the rock and out will come water. Awesome. Awesome. I took a picture. I've got a picture of it. Just come right out of the wall. No lake behind it. Nothing. Nothing. It's just you're in the desert. It's cool. There, I'm going, that's the Bible. So, the, Moses, the congregation and their animals drank. The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, because you did not believe me to hallow me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore you shall not bring this assembly into the land which I have given them. Now, this sounds just really harsh if you don't get it, but what Moses is messing with is the redemptive plan of God. And your little acts of disobedience go to Safeway, talk to the checker. I, I, don't have, I don't have time. Your little acts of disobedience, that person next to you, tell them about me. 
Those little acts of disobedience, give that guy a 20. Those little acts of disobedience are messing with someone's eternity. Little acts of disobedience may mean the difference between heaven and hell. And there are times when everybody in this room has obeyed some teeny little prompting from God and has saved someone's life and has changed someone's eternal destiny. Here, God spoke to Moses, and Moses didn't do what God said. God didn't kill him, but God could not reward him. You've got to obey. When God's telling you, eat right and exercise, when God's telling you to pray more, when God's telling you to read your Bible, it's not just for him. It's for your kids. It's for your family members. It's for your ministry. It's for the multitude that God has called you to reach. And when God talks to you about your prayer times and your Holy Spirit times and your praise times and your time with him, it's because you're getting phone calls from people who need healing and they need your prayer of faith. And you're kind of like, oh, you know, I ate a peanut butter and jelly sandwich instead of praying. And I, I, I cleaned the garage instead of, or I did this, or I did that, or someone called, or I answered emails, or I just zoned out instead of spending that time with the Lord, which would have given me the faith to have the answer and the boldness when that phone call came. There are times when people are calling you, you just don't even realize the fact where you could be and really where you are. You have selected to use, and your level, your, your sanctification meter, your faith meter, has a lot to do with what you'll get done and what kind of rewards you'll have in heaven and how much joy you'll have here on earth. You can bump along, you know, near empty, get to just a, just a cabin in the corner of glory land, or you can get that faith meter pegged and you can lay up treasure all day long, every day, and just keep just throwing big piles up into heaven. It's going to be there for eternity. Eternity is a long time. You just have this little space of time to invest into eternity. Your prayer times, your Bible reading is investing into eternity. Because you didn't believe me, you're not going in. This was the water of Meribah, because the children of Israel contended with the Lord, and he was hallowed among them. They contended with the Lord, but who were, they bark who were they barking at when they contended with the Lord? Leadership. They were barking at leadership, and it says contended with the Lord. Barking at your boss, barking at the president of the United States, barking at leadership is a bad idea. Don't do it. Pray for them. Have respect for the office. Respect the office. No matter who's in the office, no matter how Flesh, how much flesh you see in your boss or in your spouse or in anybody who is supposed to receive respect from you. Do that because you're doing it unto the Lord that it may go well with you. It says that they contended with the Lord. It says they contended with the Lord. They were contending with Moses. It says they contended with the Lord. They contended with Moses. They contended with a man. It says they contended with the Lord. You ever, you ever had a squabble with your boss? You ever had a squabble with your husband? You ever have a squabble with the politics? God defends offices. Exodus chapter 20. And let's read the Ten Commandments. We're with Moses here. Exodus chapter 20, verse 1. And God spoke all these words, saying, 
I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. Numero uno. It's kind of cool that he says that. He, you know, he doesn't just, he gives it a preface. There is a reason that you shall have no other gods before me. Because I'm doing good. I'm the one. You could go back to being a slave again. Have no other gods before me, and that won't happen. Number two, you shall not make for yourself a carved image. No idols. Any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth, you shall not bow down to them or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments. Those who love me and, you know, churches today, we're all about we love God. We love you, Lord. We love God. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, Jesus said. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, your female servant, nor your cattle. You're not going to hire people to do your work while you sit on your butt. No work gets done. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, and all that and the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Now how do we answer the seventh day Adventists? What's, what's this kind of the standard answer? Because of the church. That, that's, the, that's the correct line of thought. What's the, keep going? Because the church met on the first day of the week. Jesus arose on the first day of the week, and the church met on the first day of the week. Church practice was to meet on. Jesus arose on the first day of the week, and the church, in keeping with that, met on the first day of the week. New covenant, new wineskins. Old covenant, old wineskins. Verse 12. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. New covenant says, this is the first covenant with a promise, that it what may go well with you. Honor your father and your mother. There are a lot of things we can do. Maybe your mom and dad aren't believers, or, but we can still honor them. Having godly parents is a tremendous blessing, but if your parents are rough to deal with, you can still honor them. You can still honor them. There are ways to honor them without getting slimed. <laughs> the Internet's a great way to give gifts. There's just a lot of things you can do. You can, there's a lot of things you can do to still honor them, to still bless them without being slimy. Uh, especially with your mouth. Be careful what you say. Verse 13, you shall not murder. 14, you shall not commit adultery. 15, you shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house, wife, servants, female servants, nor his ox, donkey, or anything that is your neighbor's. It's materialism, isn't it? And sometimes we can get over into prosperity, and prosperity can almost go into covetousness. If somebody else is blessed, you just thank God because you can get blessed too. Like when Keith Moore got a new Corvette and the usher did a lap around the room. Same God, same covenant, same lineage. I can be just as faithful. I can be just as blessed. When somebody gets blessed, you can be too. Now all the people witnessed the thunderings, the lightning flashes, 
the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they trembled and stood afar off. Then they said to Moses, you speak with us and we will hear. But let not God speak with us lest we die. Even this is, is a type of Christ right here. Moses hears from God and represents the people. The people go through Moses to God. Moses was a priest and an intercessor between the people and with God. Moses, many times, God said, that's it, I'm had it, I'm going to do away with these folks, and Moses interceded for the people. And here, Moses says to the people, do not fear, for God has come to test you, and that his fear may be before you so that you may not sin. It's good to have a little fear of God, isn't it? You need to have a little fear of God. Children need to have a little fear of dad. You've been in the house when, I, we have this one neighbor that just refuses to spank. Just, just refuses to spank, picks up their little Johnny, and little Johnny just slaps dad all over the face. I mean, just slaps him silly. And dad just, you know, oh, I've read some books. I'm really educated, and I, you know, have this education that tells me I'm not supposed to, you know, I'm just going to be really sweet. And, and little Johnny just pow, pow, <laughs> and curses daddy. And, and daddy just, you know, well, we're, you know we're, we're, we're above that. We're so much elevated. And little kid's a terror. <laughs> it's just awful. It's just awful. It's just taking a bad doctrine and getting bad results. The Bible says, don't spare the rod and use the rod to chase the foolishness out of a child. And someone said, did you have the terrible twos? No way, man. And we didn't have, oh, terrible twos were awesome. He was adorable at two. We didn't have that problem. Joshua chapter 10. So Joshua conquered all the land, the mountain and the country of the south, and the lowland, the wilderness slopes, their kings. But now let's go to verse 42. All these kings and their land Joshua took at one time because the Lord God of Israel fought for Israel. Moses passed it off to Joshua. Joshua crossed the Jordan, which is a type of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, into the promised land. And Joshua had to fight what the Lord God fought for them. And Joshua won every battle. Now, Joshua chapter 11. Verse 4, all the bad guys start hearing how Joshua is just going from one city to the next city to the next city and conquering cities, conquering cities, and one city at a time, it's not that hard. And so the, all the kings who are north of this area see that this guy is coming up and one city at a time, he's just going to keep going right through the land and he's going to go through us like a hot knife through butter. And so all the kings rise up together and they say, with a million people, we're going to overwhelm them and we're going to do them in. And the odds were in their favor, the numbers were in their favor, and these are trained warriors with chariots and trained equipment and everything like this, and versus a group of ex-slaves. So they went out, Joshua 11:4. So they went out, they and all their armies with them, as many people as the sand that is on the seashore in multitude, with very many horses and chariots. And when all these kings had met together, they came and camped together at the waters of Miram to fight against Israel. Totally overwhelmed. But the Lord said to Joshua, do not be afraid because of them, for tomorrow, about this time, I will deliver all of them slain before Israel. You shall hamstring their horses and burn their chariots with fire. Which is really interesting. Is a chariot is an enormous advantage in hand-to-hand -hand combat, in this type of man-to-man -man kind of fighting. A chariot is, is armored, and you stand up and above, you, and you can slash these guys, you can duck behind it, when the arrows come, you have this huge advantage being in a chariot, charging in, your horse is armored, and you just, you versus a whole bunch of people, and you just whack them. 
with your sword as you come through. God didn't give the Israelites the chariots. He says, burn the chariots. Why? Because you'll start trusting in horses and chariots. You'll start trusting in these man-made things instead of trusting in God. Really interesting. Burn the chariots. says, I'm fighting for you. Okay, going down to the bottom of that chapter, uh, or chapter 11, verse 15. As the Lord had commanded Moses his servant, so Moses commanded Joshua, and so Joshua did. He left nothing undone of all that the Lord had commanded Moses. Joshua's an awesome, awesome, awesome guy. Joshua chapter 14. Caleb comes up and talks to Joshua in verse 6. You know the word which the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, concerning you and me and Kadesh Barnea. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought back word to him as it was in my heart. I brought back word to him as it was in my heart. In other words, they all reported the facts correctly, but the interpretation of the facts was widely different, wasn't it? They all said the land's a good land. They all said that there's giants in the land. But what was in 10 people was not the same that was in two people. What was in their heart made all the difference in the interpretation of facts. You may get hundreds of thousands of dollars in an inheritance. What's in your heart will make all the difference. You may get a cancer diagnosis. What's in your heart makes all the difference. The facts are the facts, good or bad, but how you interpret the facts is vitally important. You see this? Caleb interpreted the facts correctly because of what was in his heart. Maintaining your heart and keeping your heart right is a constant, ongoing adventure. You're always keeping a humble, right, believing, faith-filled, praise-filled, joyful heart. Keep your joy gauge and your faith gauge pegged all the time. No matter what's going on, just I'm going to stay in joy about it. I, I may be completely overwhelmed. I may be running to temperature and the bills are over my head, but I'm going to stay in joy. Mm -hmm. I'm going to stay in joy. Yes. I'm going to stay in faith, and I'm, gonna, I'm just going to keep reading the Bible and praising my God. I'm going to stay in joy. I'm going to stay in faith. Because it, facts are facts, but what's in your heart is going to affect those facts. Okay. Nevertheless, my brethren, who went up with me, made the heart of the people melt. But I wholly followed the Lord my God. Verse 9. So Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land where your foot has trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's forever, because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. And now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive, as he said these 45 years, ever since the Lord has spoken to the word, this word to Moses while Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now here I am this day, 85 years old. Yet I am as strong this day as on the day Moses sent me. Just as my strength was then, so now is my strength for war, both for going out and for coming in. Now, therefore, give me this mountain. I like that. I like that. 85 years old. Give me this mountain. And he's going to take that. And there's giants on that mountain. There's bad guys on that mountain. He just says, just let me at them. Let me at them. <laughs> I'll take them on. And which the Lord God spoke to me and said, for you heard in that day how the Kim were there. Giants. Anakim were giants, and that the cities of the gr were great and fortified. It may be that the Lord will be with me, and I shall be able to drive them out, as the Lord said. This is awesome. Here's this mountain full of giants, and they haven't gotten there yet, and they haven't taken it yet. Why? There's giants there. <laughs> I'm just as strong as I was then. You know what? What if he wasn't strong before? It doesn't matter. That's right. God's with him. <laughs> Joshua blessed him, gave him... And he, he, he takes it. All right, last scripture, Joshua 18, verse 3. 
Then Joshua said, Joshua 18 and verse 3, Joshua said to the children of Israel, How long will you neglect to go and possess the land which the Lord your God of your fathers has given you? How long will you neglect? This, you got to write this. I mean, you got to underline this verse. This is important. Make a mess of your Bible right here. How long will you neglect to go and possess the land which the Lord your God, the Lord God of your fathers, has given you? How long will you neglect the promises of God? What, is, what are the promises of God to you? What is it that God's saying to you? I mean, you just kind of know that you know that you should be here. That it's it just, just some things ought to be where we are and where we're supposed to be. There's a gap. And Joshua says, how long? How long? It's not up to God. You've got to go up there and kick some giant butt. There's giants there, and you've got to go up there and knock them down with God's help. There's people there. There were people. There were people. There were tough people. And you had to go, and you got to deal with it. You had to go, and you had to fight some battles. Fight some battles. If there's some wrongs in your household, if there's some wrongs in your world, there's some battles to fight. And you do it God's way, you do it in love, and you do it in prayer, but you don't let up. And you take it from here to there. And you go and you get the land. Do something with it. David, all you know how to do is throw stones. That's enough. That's enough. Moses' staff was enough. David's sling was enough. These ex-slaves and their sticks and stones conquered countries. Countries and countries and countries. Because God was with them. And God's with you, too. Amen. And that abortion clinic closed in Menlo Park when a Catholic and a Protestant stood out in front and prayed. God's with you. God's with you. You just got to kind of go take some land. You got to go, what are the battles God's telling you to, to fight? Step up. Step out. Joshua 21. Not a word failed of any good thing which the Lord had spoken to the house of Israel all came to pass. Of any good thing, of any good thing, all came to pass. Hallelujah. Thank you. Great class. Thank you.